Well, good afternoon and welcome to Bill's Facebook page Bible study. We are in the book of Psalms. We have been looking at the book of Psalms throughout this month and throughout, well, I guess, let's see, this month would involve the last couple of times, Tuesday and today. And um, as of last week, we're in a new month, but um, earlier in September, we started this study through the book of Psalms. On these Tuesday, Thursday Facebook studies, we have looked at um, some wonderful things. We uh, were able to look through the Gospel of Matthew uh, earlier this year when this wonderful pandemic kind of shut things down. We got started with this. And then uh, from there this summer, we had a uh, Bible study through the book of Acts and looked at a chapter of Acts each uh, Tuesday and each Thursday throughout the summer recommend you taking a look at that and listen in on those studies uh, this um, now in the fall we are looking through the book of psalms and uh, the first uh, few weeks in september we had a lot of introductory thoughts about the psalms and so i hope you found that helpful and if you missed that feel free to uh, scroll down my facebook page and find those uh, lessons from the book of psalms of course you can also find them on our West Irwin Church of Christ website, which is West Irwin, Irwin with an E, E-R-W-I-N, westirwin.com, and uh, go over to uh, social media and uh, resources, scroll on to that, and then uh, scroll down from there to um, live streaming and click on that, scroll down a bit, and then click on video archives, and you can find all kinds of great uh, resources, some uh, of our worship services uh, over the last month or two, and a lot of uh, my sermons and, and lessons from the past several months as well, uh, including these studies in the book of Psalms and the ones before it in Acts and Matthew. I do a Philippian study on Sunday afternoons. I do that live on my Facebook page at 4 p.m. Central Time. We show them on that live stream page at westernwind.com at 6 p.m. Central Time uh, on Sundays, and so uh, feel free to take a look at those as well. Our worship services are live streamed at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings, and uh, so I hope that you'll take part in some of the great things that we've got uh, going on in our church family here. Um, we are, as I said, looking through the book of Psalms, and so I'm glad you've joined us. Uh, glad to see my dear friends Eric and Cindy Mosley here, and happy birthday to you, Cindy. Uh, I believe it was your birthday recently, and love you so much, and uh, just miss y'all, miss y'all a bunch. Um, but uh, hoping that everyone is staying safe, keeping all of those who are especially affected by the um, COVID-19 in our prayers, those who have contracted the disease, those who are fighting through it right now. Uh, those who have family members and loved ones who are doing that and others who are uh, waiting. Perhaps they've been exposed. Perhaps they are uh, afraid that they may have uh, contracted the disease because they're beginning to show symptoms. Others who are just trying to live their lives and avoided it as best they can. And uh, I think that's what we're all doing. And I appreciate everyone's prayers and encouragement during this very difficult year, very difficult time. And we continue to keep our our uh, communities and our states and our nation in our prayers as we go through this last month leading up to the election on November 3rd and we pray for God's will to be done and we pray I pray each day for God to do uh, his work in a great way and that um, and that he will bless our land 
Um, we, as I said, have begun uh, this week, at least, on the Word of God uh, in the book of Psalms. The Psalms speak a lot about God's Word. Uh, very important to the psalmist, whether they were having a good day or a bad day. They, uh, they praised God for His wonderful Word and were very committed to it. And even more than that, they delighted in, in God's word, which surprises us because they lived under the law of Moses. <laughs> and we could understand somebody really joyfully delighting in the law, uh, loving the word of God, uh, if they were in on this side of the cross where they were under the gospel and did not have to dot all the I's and cross all the T's, but still were living an obedient life, but obedient through the blood of Christ. Uh, the psalmists loved God's law. They delighted in God's law. They took great refuge and comfort and strength and hope, uh, even joy in God's law. And, uh, and for us, that's a little bit surprising. And yet that's exactly how they felt. Uh, the word of God was very important. Um, this past Sunday on October 4th in my What I Believe and Why sermon series, uh, we also talked about the word of God from the perspective of absolute truth. And I hope that if you haven't listened to that sermon, that you'll go back and listen to it. I think it's um, it's a very important thing for us to be reminded of, that um, uh, we are called to be obedient to Jesus Christ. And he called us to do that. A lot of that sermon was uh, from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, from the Gospels. And so I hope that, that you'll take a listen to that. Absolute Truth, Absolutely, it was the title that I gave to the sermon this past Sunday on October 4th. And then this past Tuesday, we began this two-lesson study of the Word of God uh, in the Psalms. We began with by looking at the very first Psalm. It's interesting to me that the very first Psalm is a Psalm that uh, calls on us to uh, obey uh, God's word and to delight in God's word, even <clears throat> the psalmist says, and and the consequences of of rejecting that word, uh, but the blessings of God's presence and and God's uh, uh, fulfilling promises, if we will obey it. Uh, and then we turn to the 19th psalm, uh, which is a great uh, a great psalm uh, announcing how the heavens and earth declare the glories of God, uh, all of creation without speaking a verbal word, and yet they do. But the focus of that psalm, that's the introductory paragraph, the focus of that psalm is the word of God. And the psalmist throughout that psalm talks about how he loves the word of God, how he delights in the law of the Lord, how uh, the precepts and all of those things that the statutes that he mentions are uh, bring him joy and great delight and comfort and, and peace. And I think that's, a, again, a surprise to us who would think, no, I don't, I don't know that I would say that if I was bound by the old law. But the psalmist didn't look at it as being bound. The psalmist looked at it as being truly free, uh, free to uh, revel and to take great joy and comfort and hope in uh, the word of God. Um, and so today we turn to the longest psalm in the Bible, the longest chapter in the Bible, and that is Psalm 119, uh, the 119th. Uh, psalm. And a few things about this psalm. It's 176 verses long. And so I'm going to tell you right up front, I'm not going to read it all. Usually when I uh, do a study like this and I am focused on Psalm 119, I will introduce it, talk about it some, and then read it. Um, 
if you figure most Bible chapters have, let's say, around 30 or so uh, verses in them, and this psalm has 176, then if you were reading 30 verses a day, it would take you about five days to get through all of this. Um, and so it's it's almost like five chapters in one, um, and yet uh, it is one singular theme uh, throughout that connects every verse, that connects every section, and that theme, interestingly enough, is the Word of God. I don't think that's an accident. I think God did that on purpose. I think His His uh, His Spirit was working as He began the Psalms in Psalm one with the Word of God and the Psalm that is the longest Psalm, the longest chapter in the Bible, focused specifically on the Word of God. So a few things about this Psalm. This Psalm is an acrostic. Um, and so what that means is in the original text, each of the first eight verses begin with a letter from the Hebrew alphabet. Um, for example, Aleph is the first one. Uh, and each of the second eight verses uh, begins with the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So you have eight verses uh, for each uh, stanza. There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. So the psalm has 22 stanzas of eight verses each. Most Bibles will have it set apart to where you see that um, separation there. And you see perhaps a, uh, a Hebrew letter and the English uh, description of that letter um, at the beginning of that section of that paragraph. And then the verses uh, that follow. Uh, there are 176 verses. And so, again, this is the longest psalm, obviously, of the 150 psalms and the longest chapter in the Bible. And, um, and this is one psalm which um, uh, has a specific subject. It doesn't have a common um, message like a narrative where you might have a chapter uh, like we're going to look at next week uh, as we talk about uh, lament in Psalm 137 or as we talk about the penitential Psalms on Tuesday. Um, for example, Psalm 51, where David pours out his heart to God in, in penitence for his sin with Bathsheba and asks God to cleanse his heart and to forgive his sin. Well, that whole, whole Psalm really is on that particular thought um, and, and that particular story. But this psalm, you don't see that throughout it, but you do see a common theme. There is a common theme throughout it, and that is praise for God's uh, word. And so I want to share four things about this psalm and uh, read some of the verses out of Psalm 119 that, that uh, uh, are an example of each of these four um, uh, subtopics, perhaps, if you will. The main topic is the Word of God. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose just four things and read some verses uh, uh, for each of those, and then uh, we'll take a moment and uh, read a few verses from these three psalms, Psalms 119 and 119, uh, that um, are are focused on the word of God. So first of all, in Psalm 119, the psalmist finds help, guidance, and renewal in God's word. So Psalm uh, 119, first of all, verse 25, I am laid low in the dust, verse 25, preserve my life according to your word. Interesting that as we read through this section, the psalmist seeks God's deliverance and seeks God's help 
um, in this case, is asking him to save his life. But he says so according to your word, O God. In the midst of pain, in the midst of difficulty, crying out for help, the psalmist still uh, submits himself to the word of God. And we're reminded of what Jesus prayed in the garden uh, as he asked the Father to take this cup from him. He also said, yet not my will, but yours be done. Throughout his ministry in the Gospels, Jesus would say time and time again, the words I speak are not my own. They are from the Father. The psalmist is acknowledging that as he prays for deliverance and for help and for guidance, uh, he does so through God's word. Uh, Psalm 119 verse 28, my soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Again, uh, verse 50 of Psalm 119, verse 50, 50, my comfort in my suffering is this, your promise preserves my life. We like to sing a, a song about the promises of God, standing on the promises of Christ my King. We get that. Uh, we understand that that is what we actually stand on, is his promises. I'm standing on the promises of God. That great song affirms, well, that's what the psalmist felt as well. My comfort in my suffering is this, your promise preserves my life. Uh, what a great, great statement. And then verse 61 of Psalm 119, though the wicked bind me with ropes, I will not forget your law. I think that's a really challenging verse because I wonder what, what exactly, where exactly the psalmist is coming from. The wicked have bound him with ropes. The psalmist was um, was in danger of losing his life, but not because of natural causes, because his enemies were trying to kill him. And I don't know if they were trying to do that to force him to deny the word of God. And uh, much like the accusers of Jesus tried to get him to deny that he was the Messiah, the son of God. Uh, it may be something like that. Uh, or it may be that the psalmist is saying, look, even though they've, they're trying, they're, they've got ropes tied around me, uh, I am still not going to deny uh, your word. What a great, great faith this psalmist had. And then skip over to verse 93 of Psalm 119. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have preserved my life. Uh, I will never forget your word, your precepts. By them, you have preserved my life, the psalmist says. And then this great verse, which is one of the theme verses, I think, of Psalm 119, perhaps the theme verse, um, verse 105, Psalm 119, verse 105, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Um, we sing the song that I believe Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith wrote. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That is such a great, great song. I believe we sang it this past Sunday as we looked at absolute truth, uh, the absolute truth of God's word. Uh, what a great, great statement that is in Psalm 119. Verse 105, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Uh, verse 107, I have suffered much. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your word. See a theme there? The psalmist prays for deliverance, but always according to the word and will of God. Uh, we continue on to verse 143. 143, 
trouble and distress have come upon me, but your commands give me delight. Uh, even in the midst of troubles and difficulties and distress, the psalmist says, your word still gives me hope. It gives me comfort, but it also, he says, gives him joy. It gives him delight. Verse 149, hear my voice in accordance with your love. Verse 149, preserve my life, Lord, according to your laws. Um, again, some uh, similar language as we have seen uh, in the Psalms. We see it a lot. Uh, a couple of things stated the same, but differently. The same message stated differently. Hear my voice and preserve my life. Uh, hear my voice in accordance with your love. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your laws. The psalmist doesn't see any difference between the law of God and the love of God. Uh, and that's why he could delight in God's law. And then finally in this section, verse 153, look on my suffering and deliver me for I have not forgotten your law. The psalmist asked for God's healing hand to be heavy upon his life, but he says, look, I'm, I'm still with you, God. Just like Job, who really took God to task with his questions um, because things just didn't look like they were supposed to look to Job. But he went to God directly, and he went to God honestly. And uh, the psalmist, I think, did the same thing and prays for God to deliver him and to uh, save him. But he also says, I, I haven't forgotten your law. I'm, I'm still going to live according to your word. The psalmist finds help, guidance, and renewal in God's word. And then secondly, in Psalm 119, the psalmist delights in his relationship with God through his word. I think one of the great things that we're going to see today in this study and that you see if you read closely from the Old Testament is that it wasn't just a book of laws and a book of commands. Uh, it wasn't a book where the writer, the, the follower of God, the psalmist in this case, uh, felt constrained and burdened because of the law of God. It's actually a book about the relationship with the Father, with the Creator. And they didn't have as good a read on that as we do, uh, being able to read about the life, death, and resurrection of the Son of God himself, Jesus of Nazareth. But they still had a relationship with God, and they had a relationship with God through his word. And it reminds us that in John 1, Jesus says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word was active in creation. And then in verse 14, and the word became flesh and lived for a while among us, and we beheld his glory, uh, revealing the, the Father, uh, but the glory of the one who was full of grace and truth. The psalmist sees that as well, sees that truth of God's word, but also sees that grace that God shows him by allowing him to continue to be in relationship with him. And the psalmist saw that as coming through the word of God, and he delighted in that. Verses 76 and 77 of Psalm 119. May your unfailing love be my comfort according to your promise to your servant. Let your compassion come to me that I may live for your law is my delight. Uh, don't you love that? The unfailing love of God that brings the psalmist comfort. He says it is according to God's promise to, to the psalmist. And that promise comes through the word, through the law, the psalmist says, and, and I, I delight in that law. I don't feel bound. I don't feel constricted. 
Um, but I, 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 I delight in that law. Uh, verses 111 through 114, starting with verse 111. Your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. I hate double-minded people, but I love your law. You are my refuge and my shield. I have put my hope in your word. Well, that doesn't sound like somebody that felt constrained. It sounded like someone who had a strong relationship with God. And we're going to see a whole nother section in just a little bit where the psalmist talks about how he follows God wholeheartedly. And we see a little bit of that in these verses. Verse 111, your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees. I hate double-minded people, but I love your law. Oh, how I love your law, will read the psalmist say in just a little bit. I have put my hope, verse 114, in your word. We skip over to verse 146. Verse 146, I call out to you, save me, and I will keep your statutes. The psalmist had a close enough relationship with God that he would call out to him in need. And he knew that God would deliver him, but he also knew that he was committed to following God's word. Uh, verses 150 and 151, those who devise wicked schemes are near but they are far from your law. Yet you are near, Lord, and all your commands are true. I just love that. There's a contrast between the wicked, the evil, the ones who were uh, giving the psalmist so much trouble. And he says, they're, they're, they're far away from me. They're far away from your word. They're, they're close to me. They're on me, but they're far away from your word. But the psalmist also says, yet you are near to me. Your word is near to me. Verse 50, 151, yet you are near, Lord, and all your commands are true. The psalmist took great comfort in that closeness that he had with God, the relationship that he had with the Lord, even though his enemies were all around him. Uh, he knew that God was near. What a great statement. Um, and then verse 168, 168, I obey your precepts and your statutes for all my ways are known to you. We're going to look uh, later on in this series at that great 139th Psalm where the psalmist says, wherever I go, God, you are there. You're near me. Uh, uh, and also the great 23rd Psalm, as the writer says, uh, talks about how I fear no evil for thou art with me. In the same way the psalmist says that here, all my ways are known to you. Um, and so he had that close relationship with God. And the fact that God knew everything about him was good news, not bad news. It didn't frighten him. It didn't scare him. Perhaps it made him ashamed like it does us. But at the same time, he knew that God loved him and God would be there with him no matter what, even though he knew all about him. And then I want us to read this uh, this the way the psalm ends, because I think it describes this great relationship that the psalmist had uh, with the Lord through his word. Verse 169 through 176. May my cry come before you, Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. May my supplication come before you. 
Deliver me according to your promise. May my lips overflow with praise, for you teach me your decrees. May my tongue sing of your word, for all your commands are righteous. May your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, Lord, and your law gives me delight. Another recurring theme. Let me live that I may praise you, and may your laws sustain me. I have strayed like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I have not forgotten your commands. The psalmist confesses his sin and confesses that he is in a difficult moment, but he knows that God will be with him. Uh, What a great confession that the psalmist makes, that his relationship with the Lord comes through God's word. Uh, John Willis has said, although the psalmist's subject is God's law, God's word, he is far from being what we might call a legalist. And from thinking of God's word as a set of rigid rules that one must mechanically obey as a heavy burden. He loves God's law and wants to do what it says because he is genuinely grateful for what God has done for him. He delights in God's word and he values it above great riches. The psalmist's primary concern is not in keeping God's commandments externally, just on the outside, but in doing this from his heart. For the psalmist, life with God is not a cut and dried matter of giving God a certain commandment or God giving us a commandment and man obeying that commandment. Rather, John Willis says he enjoys a daily intimate personal relationship with God. And because of and out of this relationship, he yearns to know and to do what is God's will. I think that's that's what the psalmist understood. And that's what we need to understand, that the word of God doesn't bind us, but it calls us into a great relationship with our creator. And so along with that, number three in this great study of Psalm 119 is the psalmist wholeheartedly obeys God's word. We go back towards the very beginning of Psalm 119 and look at verse two. Psalm 119, in fact, let's read verses one and two. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. Just as we saw earlier, the psalmist calls on everyone to seek him with all their heart. Verse 10, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart. The psalmist says that I might not sin against you. We keep reading and we go to verse 34. Give me understanding so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Psalm 119 verse 34. Uh, A little bit further in verse 58. I have sought your face with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. What a great, great statement. And again, reading verses 111 and 112, your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. The psalmist followed God wholeheartedly. And then one more verse, verse 145. I call with all my heart, answer me, Lord, and I will obey your decrees. If we think that the New Testament is about the heart and following God with our heart and not on tablets of stone, uh, and the Old Testament is all about externals and and uh, uh, external worship and, and dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's and 
obeying all the commands, um, we 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 haven't read the Old Testament because throughout the Old Testament there is wholehearted devotion that is called for by the Word of God and scriptures like we've just read uh, from a follower of God under the Old Testament law, the psalmist, uh, perhaps living a thousand years or so before Christ, um, calls out to God and promises, I will follow you with all my heart. Uh, that's how that works, Old Testament and New. Again, from John Willis, the psalmist's primary concern is not in keeping God's commandments externally, but in doing this from the heart. The psalmist seeks to learn God's word and wholeheartedly live that word. And those things are not contradictory. We think that you have to choose one or the other. You have to choose to be living, to try to be obedient to the word of God or just follow him with your heart. But in reality, what scripture says in the Old Testament, such as these passages in Psalms and those great uh, passages of scripture from the prophets, uh, that we'll look at when we get to this 50th Psalm and talk about true religion, uh, such as Hosea uh, saying, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Uh, the psalmist expresses that same thing here, uh, calling on us to be uh, following God wholeheartedly uh, and being obedient to his word because of our wholehearted devotion. It's not one or the other. Uh, it's both. And Jesus affirmed both. The prophets affirm both. Certainly the psalmist affirms both. The psalmist wholeheartedly obeys God's word. And then lastly today, the psalmist loves God's word. We've seen a few passages already that talk about that. I want us to look at a couple more. In verse 48, first of all, Psalm 119, verse 48, I reach out for your commands, which I love, that I may meditate on your decrees. And then verse 113, verse 113, I hate double-minded people, the psalmist says, but I love your law. Uh, again, we're shocked to read things like that, that the psalmist would love God's law. Hey, maybe we under, we think, oh, yeah, the psalmist will obey it, but he doesn't like it because it's it, it's too hard. It, it binds him too much. It doesn't give him the freedom that he wants. That's not the, that's not the thinking of the psalmist at all. I love your law, the psalmist openly affirms a uh, little bit further down in verse 119 119 all the wicked of the earth you discard like dross therefore i love your statutes <laughs> i follow your statutes because i love them and i know how you are with those who don't uh, what a great uh, attitude of the psalmist in verse 159 159 see how i love your precepts Preserve my life, Lord, in accordance with your love. Uh, preserve my life in accordance with your love. And then verse 167, I obey your statutes for I love them greatly. I think sometimes if we have a little bit of trouble being obedient to the will of God, the psalmist can tell us why. The psalmist says, well, do you really love the word of God? Because if you really loved God's word, then you would seek to be obedient to it. Jesus himself said in John 14 several times, back to back to back, um, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Those two aren't contradictory. Uh, they actually lead into each other. 
Uh, and the psalmist understood that too. And then uh, this last verse, Psalm 119, verse 97. It's just a great expression of the psalmist. In the middle of this psalm, another great theme verse of, one, of Psalm 119, verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Again, we're surprised. We would understand the psalmist saying, oh, how I hate your law, <laughs> or oh, how I tolerate your law, or oh, how I am afraid of your law. But instead, the psalmist says, oh, how I love your law. I love it so much I meditate on it day and night. I think if we are never in God's word, if we never really care enough about it to to read it and study it and, and find out what it says and seek to live by it with our whole heart, the question is, do we really love God's word? The psalmist would say, uh, I don't know. You have to answer that one. Well, as we close uh, this great study in the Psalms, I want to go back and just remind ourselves of a, of a few statements in each of these three Psalms, Psalm 1, Psalm 19, and Psalm 119, uh, that focus on God's Word. And we'll end this study with a prayer of praise and thanksgiving that the psalmist wrote um, in those three Psalms, a psalm of praise and thanksgiving for God's Word from Psalm 1 and Psalm 19. And Psalm 119, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Psalm 1 verses 1 and 2, the first two verses of the Psalms. And then Psalm 19, beginning in verse 7, O Lord, your law is perfect, refreshing the soul. Your statutes are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Your precepts are right, giving joy to the heart. Your commands are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of you, O Lord, is pure, enduring forever. Your decrees are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned, and keeping them there is great reward. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And then these words from the 119th Psalm, verses 97 and verses 103 through 105. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws. Amen.